Welcome to the Get With It podcast. I will be your host, Elizabeth. This podcast will focus on the decline of women in technology and how our grassroots organization works with the community to foster relationships and reducing the gap of women in tech. We will be talking with both men and women on how to continue to move the needle forward on those relationships. For more information, please check us out at getwitit.org. Hello and welcome to the Get Wetted podcast. Our guest today is Christina Robinson, and I'm going to let her tell you all about her fabulousness. And we have a special guest, Dan Greenleaf. We won't let him talk too much, but Dan's joining us also with his bright pink shirt on. So um, Dan is on the board of Get Wetted. He's one of the founding members of Columbus Women in Tech that is now Get Wetted. He pays the bills. That's all we let him do is pay the bills. So say hi, Dan. Hi. <laughs> all right, Christina, how are yes, you? I'm great. How are all you? right. This woman is fabulous. Oh, thank you. So tell us all about yourself. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming. You're a busy lady. You know, it's there's never a dull moment. That's right. That's right. Tell everybody what you do. So I um, I work at Cardinal Health. I am a vice president in IT. I recently took on a new role. Um, I've been at Cardinal for almost 18 years, and I've been in IT most of that time in various roles. Um, I did move into a business role for about four years doing uh, project management, and I um, had an opportunity to move back into IT uh, about uh, four and a half years ago, and so I took that opportunity was leading a software development team focused in one of our business units that does um, nuclear manufacturing and and drug distribution. And um, within the past few months, I was asked to move into a different IT team. And so I now lead what's called our client services and engineering department, which is our service center um, that serves our um, internal business clients as well as some customers, our regional client services team, which serves our entire field across the country of all of our um, field locations um, in, in our business segments. And then also our desktop, Windows um, environment, um, anything essentially on your computer, as well as our M&A department within the infrastructure space that, that supports any acquisitions or divestitures that we're doing. So the scope of my role has changed significantly in the past three months. Um, so there's a big learning curve that I'm that I am um, working through right now, and um, learn, t- learning as much as I can, learning every day, and seeing where I can um, add value from kind of taking learnings from my previous role. And you know that was an ap- application development role, so it's a it's a very different mindset that I'm in now. And so trying to figure out how to pivot, take good learnings and opportunities into the new role and, and uh, learn and also still kind of look and see where, where can we have efficiencies? Where can we see process improvements, things of that nature? And just get to know people and let them get to know me and learn my style and, um, you know, build all those new connections with employees and, and a much larger team. I have about 300 people now. I had 15 people before. <laughs> so it's quite, that's, that's quite a dramatic shift for me. I would say so. To get used to. Yes. 
So that's my kind of what I do from a from a work perspective. And, um, you know, the career that I've had and grown over many years has been very rewarding. I am married. I have a daughter. Annabelle um, is seven. My husband's name is Ryan. And um, he and I have just celebrated our 10-year anniversary over the summer. Well, congratulations. Was, thank you. Feels like a huge achievement and victory. So... <laughs> <laughs> Every day is an opportunity to improve. <laughs> um, uh, so, so we definitely have a very busy life juggling, juggling all of that and trying to, uh, you know, trying to raise a child in this day and age is uh, really challenging, honestly. Lots of things coming at us and her and lots of, uh, lots of questions I wasn't necessarily expecting quite so soon. However, uh, we're, we're rolling with it and uh, she's a great kid. So we're, we're, couldn't be more blessed. And... Not only do you have your little seven-year-old, you have fur babies. Yes, we have fur babies. <laughs> yes, I am a cat lover. And so uh, we have, currently we have three cats, and then we did add a, a dog to our family. I had one of my, my beloved cats passed away earlier this year. And so as part of that healing process, my husband, um, bless his heart, he found two kittens that were the spitting images of my other two cats. So an all black cat and then a tuxedo cat. And um, the tuxedo cat was my big boy. He passed. And so our new cat is Fuzzy, named by my daughter, who nicknamed <laughs> Big Boy Fuzzy. So she is um, she is wonderful. There are her, there are her furry siblings because she's our only. So um, I've told her, you know, get used to that being your, those are your siblings. And I hope you, <laughs> hope you enjoy that. <laughs> um, she doesn't like to share anyway. So she's pretty much fine being an only child. So she, she adores them. Um, and when we adopted Nova about a month after we got the two new kittens and um, I've never been a dog person. I love all animals, but dogs kind of at a distance. So um, my husband really wanted a dog. And, and again, as part of kind of our healing process with our family, we were open to the idea and um, we got the kittens from a shelter. And so when um, Ryan had been looking as well for a dog at a shelter, and it's one of those things where he, he came up, you know, the, it was available for adoption. Ryan was like, this is the perfect dog for us. And I said, you know what? let's go and let's do it. Like that's, this gotta be a sign. So oh boy. we, um, so yes. So we, we have more, more animals than people in the house <laughs> <laughs> at the moment because pretty girl was my big boy's sister. They were litter mates. So she's still with us and, and she's still trucking along. She's 16. So, wow. yeah. So it's, it's definitely, um, lots of mouths to feed every morning and you know, all that good stuff. Well, you have the husband to help. Yes, and the <laughs> husband is, is useful most days and helpful most days. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very, very nice way of saying that. <laughs> he takes care of a lot of the of a lot of the home homebound stuff. Like he's a stay at home dad at the moment, so he he does that load is that it load is largely on him and he does a really good job of that and it which enables me to focus on getting, you know, getting what I need to get done at work and getting home and being able to spend time with the family. So I, I couldn't do what I do without him um, doing what he does. Well, that's great. That's yeah. great. So speaking of what you do. Yes. Let's go way back. Okay. To your to not so distant past. Okay. On when you got involved in IT. Like mm -hmm. what was that defining moment? Well, um, my, my degree was in computer science. So if you want me to, to go back that far, 
Well, that that was only like what, maybe a couple years. Oh ago? yeah, a couple years ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that feels like a really distant memory at this point. Um, you know, I went into IT for a very simple reason. I felt very comfortable that I would get a job with an IT with a computer science degree. And um, nobody was influencing you. The person that influenced me most in that decision was my brother. He, when I was in, in high school, he suggested that I consider sta- SUNY Potsdam is where I went to school. It's a state school up in New York. And he said, they have a, they have a computer science degree. It's a state school. We didn't have a lot of money. So it was an option that was going to be affordable. And I thought, you know, that's probably not a bad idea. It was about a four hour drive from uh, Rochester, New York, which is where I'm from. And I was very impacted when my parents got divorced and watching my mother struggle and and watching her have to really find herself and reinvent herself and get a job and learn how to drive and essentially basic things to take care of herself. And so that shaped a lot of my decisions from that point because I said, I will always be able to take care of myself. I have to go and get a degree. I have to be able to get a good job where I can comfortably be independent. And so that was kind of my mindset. And then my brother, you know, leaning into that with me saying, hey, this is a really, you know, this is something you should really consider. I said, all right, like, why this not? Is this older brother? Yes. Way to go, I'm older baby. brother. Yeah, I'm the youngest. Yeah, he did. He did really um, right by me on that one. And he went to University of Dayton and he has a computer science degree. So, you know, from that perspective, I think it was logical for him to say, hey, why don't you try this? And then, you know, went and visited the campus and fell in love with the campus. I looked at some other schools, too. So it just fit. It just fit going up there. So side note, who's more successful? Ooh. Well, <laughs> that's an interesting Ouch. question, right? It's how you define success. So he's 13 years older than me. 13? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so he's near retirement. He's brilliant. Like, he's a, he is an SAP security expert. He still works at Eastman Kodak, which is you know, which is a pretty big feat given, you know, he started in the heyday when he's been there for over 36 years. Holy moly. And so, um, you know, to survive all of the layoffs and all the downsizing over the years says a lot about him. You know, he's got two great kids who are, you know, in their late twenties, thirties. So kind of independent adults. He's still married to, to the mother of his kids, like our sister-in-law, they've been married for over 30 years. So that to me is like, as an intern, when you look at the whole life experience, that's pretty damn successful. Yeah, it he's is. rocked it. He's done an awesome job, and he is an amazing human. Like he's just a good, good person. So I aspire to be like there him as right. I get <laughs> as I continue to get older. I, you know, I would be, I would be feel very blessed if, yeah, I had similar experiences as I progress, and you know, age gracefully. That's awesome. <laughs> you will age gracefully. <laughs> Christina's we'll been this successful at the age of 28. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's right. Oh, we just That's had right. your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so brother influenced you. Yep. Go off to college. Yep. Like the computer science gig? I, you know, it was... I, I guess I did. I mean, I stayed in the deg- I stayed and I got my degree. It wasn't always easy. Um, I was telling someone earlier today. I actually had my first town hall with my new team, and it was a lot about introducing myself and them getting to know me. So this 
this podcast is timely because I just was able to share a lot about myself with a new group oh, we of people. Oh, we should have just taped this. We could have. could have just hit the play button. <laughs> <I could've. laughs> There's something buried in there I just caught. Your team is so large you need a town hall. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It used to be an all-hands meeting. It was like 15 people. Now it's like I can't even set up my own meetings. I have to like work with, with you know, my boss's assistant to help get space. <laughs> and we have to do like, you know, my, my AV team has to help with making sure we've got all the logistics set up. And yeah, it's, it's a big deal now. Like it's oh, a thing. Wow. It's a thing to set up a meeting. But anyway, so I was talking to them about some of this. And, you know, for me, I, I like a challenge. So it wasn't always easy, but I worked hard at it. And I actually, I remember one class I took, it's probably like a one, probably like a 201 class, like level computer science class. I took it and I wasn't paying attention as much as I should. I was getting a lot of help from somebody else. And, and oh, by the way, back when I was in college, I was one of two women in the, com- in, in the computer science major, lit- literally. In the whole major. Yes. Just you and... Just me and one other chick. Susie Z. Yeah. And okay. so um, we, you know, so it was, you know, being surrounded by a bunch of guys who are, most of them were a little more geeky than... You know, they you weren't say, like your. We love to geek out. Yeah, so you can they say they weren't geeky. your, you know, your quarterbacks, right? Right. So they, you know, so th- so I was popular, right? You could you could say, and so they all wanted to help me, and so I probably got more help than I should have because then I wasn't necessarily learning; I was just kind of parroting, right? And so I get through this one course in a semester, and I thought, you know, I'm not exactly sure what I learned. So I took the class over again. I passed it, but I was like, mm, I'm not sure I really retained what I really ought to have retained. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do this again to prove to myself that I could do it on my own. So at least I had the wherewithal to be like, no, you're, you're shortchanging yourself and you're not going to be successful if you're copying and, and relying too much on other people, you know? So, so from that, and I almost failed machine learning. Oh my goodness. That was the hardest class. I was petrified in that class. Like it was just, oh my gosh. I remember sitting there taking the final as an open book final. And I was in there for hours, hours. And the teacher was like, take your time. It's not a race. And I, I still to this day, I'm not sure how I passed that class. He might've just been doing me a favor. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I'm I'm just simply saying, (laughs) I don't know how it happened. So, but you know, yeah, I mean, I, I, um, again, my focus was, the end goal, which was employment. And, and I had, you know, I had a good group of friends. I had a, a boyfriend all through college who was kind of um, very different, very creative. He was an artist, you know, musician, not at all studious. So I felt like I had a good experience in college and didn't really want to leave it, you know. So um, I was like, yeah, this is, this, this works. You know what I mean? It was like, I wouldn't go back to any previous time in my life. You know, I hear a lot of people talk about, oh, I wish I could go back to high school. Oh, God, you couldn't pay me to go back to high school. High school sucked. It sucked big time. I absolutely hated high school. I did, too. I just had to get through it. College, I don't feel as strongly about. I still just don't feel the need to repeat that experience. So, you know, but it was, but it was good. I enjoyed, I enjoyed doing it when, you know, it was like a, you know, it was a means to an end kind of thing. So. Yeah, I wouldn't go back to college either. Mm Mm-mm. No. Maybe my early 30s. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's hard when I think about yeah. that. I'm like, I don't know what point in my life I would revisit. Like, like this was perfect. Like, honestly, 
when I, if I think about like fast forward 20 years, it will be, it'll be interesting. It, I'm guessing it'll be my forties. Like, cause that was really when I, I really came into my own in terms of like my thirties. I was newly married, divorced, broken, then kind of picking myself back up, met my, met my second husband and, you know, right on the cusp of my forties, we had Annabelle. And so our, you know, our journey as a family really began in my forties. And so that's, I think I would say been the most rewarding part of my life to this point. So it'll be interesting. You know, it's, it's kind of, life is kind of like a, it's like a book. You just, you know, haven't gotten to the next chapter yet. So we'll just see how this all unfolds. There you go. You know, you can rebrand, rebrand. Yeah. That's what we say. Like Angie is rebranding to 30. I said, well, oh. I guess I'm branding to 50 because that's how I feel some days. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Rebranding. Every decade brings a different, a different opportunity. Yeah. And I've, I mean, I've, and I, I hope there doesn't come a year, like a, de- like a, like a milestone birthday that I regret or that I like wish I didn't have. You know what I mean? I always hope that I'm looking forward positively and happy with where I am in my life at that point. Um, that's good. And I think I will be, but I mean, that's how I've looked at every, you know, every, every decade to this point. So that's good. Yeah. So you okay. graduate college, Uh huh. you get a job, obviously. Yeah. So I actually graduated from my undergrad and that boyfriend I was telling you about, he was still struggling through undergrad and I said, Oh, you know, I don't really want to leave him. He needs me. Well, I was probably midway through my senior year and I got wind of this, they called it a four plus one program. So you could, in your senior year, do basically the first year of an MBA at Clarkson University, which is in the same town where I was in. So they called it a four plus one program. So do your, do your first year of your MBA and your senior year of undergrad, and then just jump right into the second year of the program. So, you know, one extra year MBA done. I was like, well, sweet. That sounds like a good deal. So I got into that program and I, and I did that and I stayed the extra year to get my MBA and I was still there for Jeff. My ex-boyfriend's name is Jeff. And I still couldn't save him. Like he, you know what I mean? He was just kind of a, uh, we were just too different, you know? Of course, it took me forever to realize that. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Part of life. Part but, of life. you know, but he was a good, he was a good guy. So, so yeah, so I stayed for that extra year and got that, got that MBA. And I actually think that was probably one of the best decisions I made because they just had a much broader recruiting network. So Anderson Consulting um, was, was visiting you know, Clarkson and doing recruiting there. And that's how I, that's where I ended up going to work after graduation. And one of the things that was really interesting about that experience for me and kind of the doubt of whether or not the MBA was worth it, when I got my offer letter, it was several thousand dollars less than my, one of my f- other friends who was in the same program as I was. And I was like, well, that's interesting. I wonder why my offer is less. And I, th- and I thought about it for a minute. I was like, well, gosh, should I ask? You're not supposed to talk about salary. And it's like, screw it. I want, you know, I, I need to understand why this happened. So I called the partner who had offered me the position and I explained the situation to him. And he's like, oh, well, I'll look into it. Well, come to find out they had not factored in the MBA when they gave me my mm-hmm. offer, my salary. So had I not said anything, I would have been screwed out of a few thousand, you know, like 8,000 bucks. So I was really glad I said something. And that was like really early on, right? I mean, like when, 
when people are just probably grateful they got a job, you know, and then here's me questioning, <laughs> questioning I my salary. It. So you, you know? told us that story before, and I love that story because I'm like, you go, girl. <laughs> I know, Go right? get it. Go get it. Yeah. Because it's a big topic right now, mm-hmm. the equality. There's of a ton of, yeah. yeah. And we, and in that situation, we were both women, so it wasn't, that even wasn't the, the dynamic, but I think it's just having the, having the kind of the guts to ask the question, right? Mm-hmm. And like the worst you can hear is no. I guess the worst I could have done was rescind the offer, but you know, that didn't happen either. So, you know, it was, it all worked out, but uh, yeah, moving. So going, going to work for Anderson was great. Moving to New Jersey was great. It was a great experience. I learned a ton. That was really when I, I will say came out of my shell and came into my own as a, as a, as a woman and as a professional and just, you know, how I wanted to be at work. And, you know, I was a hard worker. I like work hard, play hard. That kind of typical, you know, mantra you hear, especially in a consulting group. And, and back in the day when I started at um, Anderson, you had like these start groups. So you were together with the same group of, you know, 10 or 15 people and you like, it was, you know, the slog, right? You were going and you went to training together for like three or four weeks out in Chicago it was like a mini like fraternity sorority kind of kind of deal. So you were really tight with these people and you worked your butts off. So it was it was a really great experience coming right out of school. How many women were? Uh, that's a good question. I don't I don't think it was quite half and half, but it was close. Oh, well, it wasn't good. as imbalanced as you might think, at least in our start group. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was um, it was cool. But I also will say, you know, that's when, like, I didn't really drink in college. I didn't drink in high school. Definitely not then. But I really kind of got into more of, like, going out and partying and stuff, like, when in that in that few years. And I definitely got to a point of, man, this is getting out of control. Like, this is, I really got to get this in check because, you know, like, like I'm going to get, I'm going to get whipped. Like, something bad's going to happen if I don't really figure this out, you know, and get a handle on it. And, and that was when I met my ex-husband because he and I, he, he worked there as well. And we were on a project together. And at that point he was like the quarterback, like he was that guy, wicked smart. Everybody was afraid of him and he could be a real dick. So like, you know, he could, you know, really just, just undo people verbally, like if they asked a stupid question kind of thing. So people just lived in fear of him. Dan's I the was, same way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You Don't you vibe. see that Yeah, from you him? totally have the yeah. vibe in that yeah. pink shirt. I yeah. just tear people apart mm-hmm. every day. That's what I like to do. Um, but I was fascinated by him. And, and uh, he liked me. And I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. So at that point, like I went from being the geek in high school to being kind of somewhat of a no man in college, I didn't, I wouldn't really label myself there. I was always a bookworm, always more studious than anything, somewhat socially inept, at least in my view, like uncomfortable in big social groups. So I kind of more, I really came into my own at that point and, and could figure out the social stuff and was much more popular, popular, you know, air quotes. And so he was like the cheerleader quarterback kind of scenario on this project. Right. And we were dating and, and it got, he started to get serious. And, but he was the one, he was what pulled me out of that party girl mode that I had gotten into. So when I look again, when I go back on my life, I, I truly have no major regrets. And even with that relationship, because I'm like, 
he got me to the place I am today. Like he got me out of a situation where it could have been really bad for me if I kept my partying ways going on. Like who knows what would have, what path I would have gone down, got my head right, got me more focused and ultimately moved here to Ohio because he's from here originally. And then even after um, our relationship ended, I mean, this had become my home. I had built, established myself at, at Cardinal Health where I had begun working at that point, had a really good career and it just was much better grounded. And going through the divorce, I, I figured out who I was a whole lot more. There's, there's nothing that helps you soul search more than going through something like that and really figuring out who you are and what's important and how you screwed that up. Like, cause that's how I looked at it was a failure, right? So how, what did I do to make that mistake? Like, how did I mess that up so badly? And then you kind of look back at it like, you know what? Life's a journey and this is just one part of it. And I'm Catholic. So I was very um, in- introspective and I actually got an annulment because I really wanted to remarry in the Catholic church And at that point, when I was doing the annulment process, I was dating my now husband. And I remember Ryan being like, why are you doing this? Like in rehashing all this stuff. And and I said, you know, the intentions are good of this process. It's about helping you understand how you went wrong, like how you made the mistakes in your relationship so that to the point that it failed. And that's a good thing to do if you don't, if you you, kind of have to not take it as a, as a somebody like judging you or telling you you did something wrong as people that like don't even get married. Like, well, what do they know about marriage? Cause you can't get married, <laughs> you know, like who is a priest or a nun to tell me, you know what I mean? But, right. but you have to look at it differently. You have to just take it, take it with the good intention that it has. And I felt like I learned again, a lot more about myself going through that and what's important and what's not. And, um, it made me a better person for sure. So coming out of that, you know, you you learned a lot about yourself. What, what would you say is the most important life lesson you learned? Oh gosh. Um, what would you say is the most surprising thing you learned that, that you didn't really know before you went through the divorce and all the introspection? uh Well, what I was willing to put up with to keep a bad relationship together. Right. I didn't like I didn't have the I wouldn't have had the guts to go out on my own like my ex-husband did. And I have to say, if I saw him today, I would probably thank him for having that vision that I didn't have because it felt wrong to him. And he did something about it. I never I don't know that I ever would have done that. So so I guess what I what I learned was I was driven a lot by fear of being alone, um, which again, like after everything I told you before about always wanting to be able to be independent and strong and, you know, all that, like all that went out the window and like, I'm afraid to get out of a bad relationship. You know what I mean? It was like, what the hell is wrong with me? So that was a little bit unsettling. Right. But you know, I think you, but I think sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees. And I think maybe the other thing I learned about that is sometimes you do need help from somebody else to see those things that maybe you're not seeing. And I think therapy is wonderful. Like I, I learned so much, um, I guess when we were, when my ex-husband, you know, came home, was like, I'm done. I was like, "Uh uh-huh, excuse me? Like total shock. And I said, well, let's go to therapy, you know, whatever. And he was like, okay, I'll go for you, but it's not, it's not going to change my mind. So I was like, okay, thanks, dick move. But okay, fine, whatever. He went, 
And I'll never forget the therapist took me aside and was like, this guy's done. You, you just need to pick yourself up and dust yourself off and move on with your life. And that was, so that was good advice. So I think for, that was just like, okay, well, okay. This is now what we have to, to face. And, and I was very protective of my family. So maybe the other thing I learned around that was, you know, you need to have people that you can lean on that I didn't, I couldn't tell my mom because I was like, I cannot break this woman's heart again. She's going to relive her divorce through my eyes. Right. And, and I was just devastated. Like I didn't tell them for probably a month just in case we were able to patch things up. Cause I mean, they would have never forgiven him either. Like he would have been dead to them. So I, I, I didn't have, I mean, I did have some girlfriends. So, but you know, it's like really thinking through that. Like, who do you really have that you can tell all of your deepest, darkest secrets, you know, and they have that support network, you know, so kind of, you assume that those people are, but then you, when you get right down to it, who are those people really? And I, and I found, I found support in surprising places as I was going through that, to be honest, when I think back on it. Yeah. And I, and I think after, after the divorce and I kind of figured out my own life and, you know, again, I, I, then even more, I learned about myself, like who I really, really, really was at that point. You know I mean? You continue (laughs) to evolve through your life. And, and now I kind of just, pull no punches, you know, like it is kind of, it kind of is what it is. And that doesn't always bode well for my husband because he kind of gets the brunt of it sometimes, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, because, um, but that's all right, you know, but I'm kind of like, well, you know, I'm but you address the issues instead of letting them fester at that point. Well, uh, yeah. I, and, and I will say Ryan is very much about communicating and talking and he wants to spend time together. Like when I, when I really think back on it, here's the thing I completely ignored. My ex-husband and I never, ever fought. Ever. Which when I look back on it, it's like, well, we never talked about anything important. That's why we never fought. But you know what I mean? I was like, duh. You know, that's because I was like, well, how did I not see this? What were the signs that I was missing? That was kind of the other thing for me. It's like, how did I not see this coming? And it was like, I just was like, man, I guess I was on autopilot and I was just... I made a lot of assumptions and took things for granted. That's probably what I say. I, that what I, what I realized. And so that's probably the most important thing as I reflect kind of now and in the future on my current relationship is you just can't take things for granted. You, you got to talk, you got to work, you got to really try to work things out. And it takes two people like relationships are really hard. I also underestimated that like, they're really, really hard. Yeah, they're a pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Would. Yes. So I, I just completely missed that. And, you know, the other thing that I, I realized, too, is when I think back to pre-Kana with my ex, it was, like, minimal. It's ex- fairly non-existent. Because we were getting married in Rochester, and we were living here. So there wasn't a whole lot of opportunity to have a good connection with the priest that married us. Um, when Ryan and I got married... We still, like, we just met, we met with our, the priest that married us and took him to dinner a couple of weeks ago. Like, I love that man. And he did so much to help us with our pre, with our kind of pre-cana. Um, it's just basically counseling you do if you're not Catholic with the priest that's marrying you. And there's a lot of questions. You, you literally have to answer, like, pages and pages of questions and talk about each other's answers and where you have differences. Like, they really want you to think about the person that you're marrying and, and what is your real compatibility and where might you have problems? And he helped us so much 
going through that and learning about each other and really, really challenged us on some things. So I just took, I, I took all of that a whole lot more seriously the second time around. So that was a long answer to your question. Mm-hmm. But I'm sitting here looking at you and thinking, kick ass. You're kick ass. <laughs> you're, you have been through it all and you come out on top. Kick ass. Trying. Every day is a journey. Every day, every day is an opportunity to be on the top of the hill or on the bottom of the hill. You know what I mean? So you worked your way up at Cardinal Health. Yeah. Yep. Had a good career. I've had I've had great bosses. Probably my secret to success there has been I get a lot of shit done, and people know that I get shit done, and I do it in a way that doesn't leave dead bodies. That's um, good. I. Wait, what's that called again? A trunk friend? I'll be your trunk friend. <laughs> if you, what does that mean? A trunk friend. I learned this. What that is means it? if uh, you do have a dead body that needs to be disposed of, it's the friend you call who will bring you oh, the trunk. Oh, bring you the that's trunk. awesome. I'll okay. be your trunk friend. Okay, yeah. that's awesome. I've never heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> Darren, you're learning all sorts of things. That's so you? cool. Yes. Trunk friend. Okay, trunk that's cool. Friend. Got it. Now, I was actually, before you got here, trying to tell Elizabeth about the importance of making changes without pissing off a bunch of people yes yes absolutely and that and i think there's 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 an absolute art to that and i think that's i've been able to navigate the corporate environment pretty gracefully with the with a lot of art now but again like if you want the, i have the science to back it up because i can i am very good at project management and organization and structure and you know, helping lead people. And the leading people thing is kind of more the art, right? You know, you have to be able to make connections with people and be yourself. I think one of the things that a lot of people look look to me for advice on is how to just be genuine, you know, and like, I don't know, just, you know, don't be fake, right? right I mean, like, right. I'm not a good liar, you know? So I'm that friend that if you don't want to know how your outfit really looks, don't ask, don't ask me. Because I'll but tell you, you it could looks be like my shit. trunk friend. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I got you. Oh, oh, you want to know what's this funny, funny story? One of my very best friends, she's my maid of honor at, with when I married Ryan. We were at a bar one time, um, Dub Pub. Love that place. And it was packed. And there was another group of like people. And this girl had this giant purse. She kept banging into my, my friend, like with her purse. And Stephanie was like, but she would never say anything. Like she would just be annoyed, but she would never confront. And I was like, finally, I was like, I poked this girl in the shoulder. And I was like, can you please stop hitting my friend with your purse? (laughs) And she was all like, what? And she got all pissed at me. And I was like, you know, and then she turns around and then she starts, I could see her like, you know, with her friend, like whatever she said. I'm like, you can say whatever you want about me. Just stop hitting my friend with your purse. <laughs> and, my, and my friend Stephanie was like horrified. She was so embarrassed. And I was like, because literally I would. I would go into a cage fight for my, for my besties. Like I would go, I will go down for that. See, that's true friend right there. Yeah. True friend. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's way to go. It didn't I have mean, to go that way. It didn't. Wh- nothing ended up happening because oh. the girl, she totally backed down. Did she? Of course she did. Of course, well, she, of did. course she did. She wasn't used to being confronted about anything, I'm Probably sure. Probably not. Probably not. But I was like, oh, no. Oh, oh no, you're not going to keep hitting <laughs> my friend with your purse. <laughs> Biatch, this is going to end now. With her giant ass with her, purse. It's like, why are you bringing a big ass purse to a bar? <laughs> exactly. First of all. Where's your little clutch? Well, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> 
saying. Anyhow, so. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So here's one for you. Okay. So when you're at your big important meetings, mm-hmm. how many women are at that table? So leadership meetings. Yeah, like something that's. Yeah. So I can tell you, so in from an, I'll tell you from an IT perspective because that's my best lens. There are four female vice presidents, including myself. Okay. Is that good? Um, it's about maybe 20, 25%. Okay. So it's not hateful, but it's, it's not enough. We talk about this a lot. We talk about how we continue to support and empower and encourage women up, you know, and, and a lot of it's just, if you can see it, you can be it, right? Right. There's not enough women in leadership positions for others to think they can achieve it themselves. That's one, I think, dynamic we're facing. I would also say that women, we need to bring up other women ourselves. Like, so I, when I was in um, my business role, moving back into IT, I specifically recommended two women to backfill my role. And they both went through the process and were interviewed and one of them was hired. She did an awesome job at it. And the other one got another job in the business, which I also recommended her for. So it, and it it was like the perfect roles for each of them, but it was, you know, you know, but at some level, it's like you're sticking your neck out when you do that. Right. Cause I'm recommending Mm -hmm. people for these roles. And if they don't do well, well, you know, that comes back on you. It comes back on me, but, but it's the right thing to do. Right. Because a, I knew they'd be great. And B, that's the only way we're going to really move the needle. So I, that's, I think that's women need to do that. Um, men need to do that. You know, we, the other thing that we actually, this is so funny because another thing that happened today. Is we, that why you wear a pink shirt? You're helping <laughs> move the needle forward with your. He's trying. That, that's exactly he's, why yeah, I wore a pink shirt. He's channeling shirt his, 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 yeah. his female. I figured vibes. that wearing the pink shirt alone would help move the needle forward. <laughs> <laughs> Helps me how to move right on out of this room. I know. <laughs> 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 um, uh, I forgot where I was going with that. Women. Oh, so we had a meeting today. So we have this group called Women in IT, and it's it's around you know getting women involved and giving opportunities to learn and on the job get different training, mentoring and networking, like te- just teaching women kind of what are the right things to do to help grow your career? And we've identified multiple different work streams. So I am co-leading a work stream with um, one of our other directors, who's a female as well. And it's around developing leadership skills, IT leadership skills, I think it's technically called. And one of the, one of the things that we need to do as part of this group, all of these different work streams is to engage men as well as women. Because you know, you, you run the risk when you have these kind of any minority, pick a minority, right? Women or African-American or Hispanic. You know, when you segment yourselves in these, um, we call them ERGs, but employee resource groups, you know, the intention is around diversity and inclusion. But if you've got a group of like Hispanics and African-Americans and women, you're not exactly diverse, right? So you <laughs> still need, you, you know, White males are a pretty big population, right? Right. In the corporate environment or any working environment. So they need to partner with us. Like we need mm-hmm. that. And they need, they need to feel engaged as well. Because I feel like some of these 
things that we're doing and the across movements across the country with diversity and inclusion um, in mind, you run a high risk of excluding white males and them starting to feel like they're not going to have opportunities. Now, and some might say, oh, boo-hoo, you've had it great for all these years. You know, it's, it's, some, it's other people's time to rise up to your level, like, you know, to your level of opportunity. So I see both sides of that argument. But for me personally, if I want to maximize the opportunities for, for women, I'll say specifically in this case, I need everybody on my team. Like I have now a new team. I have three direct report, three directors that are all men. And I have a manager who's a woman on my team. I need all those guys to be, you know, kind of, you know, not looking at color or gender when they're hiring the best person, right? It's like, it's who's the best person. And so they need to be part of that talk conversation around the table. So we are making sure that there is um, male representation as part of our, our, working teams for this women in technology, um, initiative and bringing them along with us and helping us. And, you know, they have daughters that they want to grow up and have equal opportunity. They have sons that they want to raise, to treat women with respect and treat them equally. Right. So, I mean, it's, it really, it matters to everybody. It does. It's one thing we um, promote with Get Weta is that we need the yeah. We need men at the table to help move the needle forward. Absolutely. And we have a lot of men in the community that support Get Wit It, and they have daughters, and the yeah. point is that they... Right. They want a better future for their daughters, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's what we want for our kids. So Correct. it's it's um, Men are the same. Like, they're not heartless and selfish, uh, uh, you know, they're always, at least... Dan might be. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm the the jackhole heartless self. You got enough kids. Like, didn't you have all those kids so they can, like, support you in old age? That was the plan, right? You better raise them right. Dan has, like, 25 kids. (laughs) I know. It's crazy. (laughs) It's like nuts. That's why he's here. He's going to go home. He doesn't want to go home. He's like, oh, my God, I can't go home. (laughs) Start a new user group. I won't ever have to go home. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Dan. And... He's got all girls except one lonely little boy. So sad. He's yeah. not lonely. He's lonely. <laughs> How old is he? Nine. He's nine. And he's nine, and he's in a house full of women. Oh yeah. Woo. And Dan's supporting that pink shirt, so that's not helping him no. <laughs> at all. It's all right. He's got cousins. Oh <laughs> my god. That's so, awesome. Yes. So we're Woo. on the same page with that. We yeah, definitely absolutely. Yeah. So do you ask me about, you know, how many women like leaders, are, you know, are, are there? So NIT, I think, is a bit can be a bit more challenging, right? Because, again, it's still a, a male dominated mm-hmm. field and it has been, you know, for probably forever. But I do see um, the, the effort is there, like that the intent is there and we just need to continue. Right. We need to continue having the emphasis on looking at all the qualified candidates, people have to be willing to hold open jobs longer to make sure they have the right slate of people and that they pick the absolute perfect person for the role. And, you know, and the other thing we've kind of realized too is we tend to move people around internally and we don't always look outside. And, you know, because it's a risk. Bringing someone Uh in from the outside is a risk if they're an unknown quantity. And 
you know, frankly, it's tough to fire people, right? It takes a lot of effort. I'm just saying, right? So it does. clearly, you you're gotta, not in consulting. You've got no. You got to put a lot of energy behind that, and you know, do right by the people and try to help them. But sometimes those, you know, I always say like the organ rejects, or the body rejects the organ, right? Like sometimes it just doesn't work out, and it's really hard in an interview process, like a traditional interview process, to gauge that. You know, there's some things I've heard other people do creatively to do interviews that are more like job shadowing and really trying to get that cultural fit. So maybe that's an opportunity to minimize the risk of an external hire. And certainly if you know someone, right, Mm -hmm. that makes it easier. But we tend to just kind of move, change people's seats that are already on the bus when we need to add people. We need to bring more people on the bus. So that's another initiative that I think will, will probably be working to continue to focus on to get that diverse talent from external. I drive the bus. <laughs> I'm not even sure what I that means. You do. <laughs> I you do drive the bus. <laughs> I drive the bus. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, random question for you. Yes. As, as a woman who's taken on leadership roles and, and reached a, an executive level in her career, we'll say, um, do you think you've reached that because you realized as a woman how you have to approach things differently? Or did you kind of ignore that and just say, I'm a person here to do a job and deliver and be successful and grow? Uh, I would, that's an interesting question. Um, I've always focused on my skills and what I bring to the table. However, I've also always been aware of how... I have to interact with people to be heard or to be, you know, to be taken seriously. And I am, you know, I'm really difficult to offend, quite frankly. So I think when it comes to working in a male-dominated field, I can shoot the shit with the best of them. And most things just roll right off my back. I just, you know, I don't, I just, you know. So I think, I think that a lot of the barriers that might be up with a, in a male dominated field when there's like a single female or, you know, a minority and you don't know how people are going to take things. Like, I feel like I have, I have removed those barriers from people when they look at me because again, like people know, know me and they know who I am. So I think it's a little, I are sisters from another mother. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's a little bit of both. You know, I rested on kind of my skills and just like, you know, kind of like bloom warrior planet I like to say like just do a good job of what you're doing and don't assume everybody's going to recognize it because that's not always true but don't look to the future if you can't figure out what you're doing now like Mm -hmm. table stakes are doing excellent at your job and then if you do excellent at your job opportunities will come and you got to be out there and be your you know be your own um, um, advocate and have a strong network Um, I think I've, I've done a lot of that in my career as well of reaching out to people and talking to them and learning. And I I really think that personal, personal connection is so important and talking to people about their families and, you know, know what they're, you know, know how many kids they have and, you know, that kind of stuff. It's like, you can't just be surface level. You really, you really actually have to care too. It's like, don't ask a question and then like, look away, like actually listen to the answer and be engaged. And that's a real relationship with someone. You know, and the other thing, it's like, I've been at Cardinal for friggin' 18 years. Like, I know a lot of people. Like, a lot of people are there for a long time. So, over that period of time, you just naturally build some strong relationships. And people just not know how you operate. And, you know, they don't have to 
figure it out. Like I, you know, your, your brand, like that's my brand. I think, you know, a lot of people's brand, you just, just follows you. And hopefully if you have a good brand, then that works well. So there's something in there that, that I find really interesting. Doesn't Dan sound like real professional here <laughs> on these questions, Darren? <laughs> hey, I'm being recorded. It's got to sound professional. Oh, my God. Until the mic turns off, right? <laughs> but there's, there's something in there that I found really interesting. And as a man, a white man, I oftentimes don't get a chance to see some of that perspective of a minority. You said you understood what you had to be had to do or how to, how you had to act to really be heard and, and respected. Mm-hmm. And it sounded like, and apologize if I'm inferring here, mm-hmm. but it sounded like it was different than perhaps some of your male, male counterparts. Oh, for sure. So yeah. as a, I guess we're, we're I'd love to hear it as a, as a woman who's, who's figured out how to be heard and how to articulate herself and, and rise up through the ranks. What is the difference that you see you have to approach things with? Well, I would say, I think first and foremost, it's be yourself. You know, don't try to, don't try to act like the guy, right? You just, everything you do has to be come from a place of you're comfortable in your own skin. And so I think too often people, like they, they try to act the way that they think people expect them to act. And that could be a woman or a man, to be honest with you. But, you know, I think that men generally are much more comfortable just blah, like just putting it out there. Right. And, and that could be more of a, not even like a male female dynamic as much as a sometimes, you know, extroversion, extroversion versus introversion, like extroverted people tend to think out loud. And so if you have an extroverted male, who's like trying to get a point across, but they're just kind of thinking out loud, you know, it's like, you know, you know, you're in those meetings with people that just, you feel like, oh my gosh, I just want to hear themselves talk. They might be processing an idea. I sat one in one yesterday. Did you? Yeah. And you're just like, just sh- for the love of right. God, shut up. It right? was an hour and a half. Right. right. Of one person pontificating. Correct. I didn't realize yes. you found her meeting that on, on half. <laughs> <laughs> wow. She had an impact on her. Fair. Um, so I'm holding on to it. Um, so, and I mean, and then there's like that, you know, the typical you've heard this many times, right? A guy can say something very direct and he, or, or push back on somebody else and he's just being assertive and a woman doesn't, she's a bitch, right? You, Correct. I've, we've all heard that. We've all experienced I've been that. called it. Right. We've, we've, women, I think any woman would be, would probably be lying if they didn't mm-hmm. have that experience. So, you know, so there's a couple ways to go after that is confront a head on, like, look, like dude over there could have said the same thing and you wouldn't have thought twice about it. But I say it and all of a sudden I'm a bitch. Like what the, what's up with that bullshit? You know? Right. And so there's, and, and, and I think the other thing that I have done, and again, it works for me is I use humor a lot so that even when I'm giving you, even when I'm slapping you in the face, I'm doing it with a smile and I'm (laughs) in a laugh so that it doesn't feel quite so, it doesn't sting quite as bad, right? I do that a lot to Dan. Right? Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm still getting my point across, but I'm not trying to, like, make you feel like an idiot. I just, you know, so I just, I feel like it's, again, it's it's everybody, that's what's hard about it. Like, there's not a there's not a script or a playbook to say, this is how, as a woman, you go into these situations. Like, it, there's really, it's it's very personal to me in, in how you, how you approach those situations. But I think, again, recognizing that 
really, I mean, think about it. Like, it could be a guy having the same conversation, right? Not knowing mm-hmm. how to interact in a certain setting, not being comfortable. I mean, it can happen to all of us. I think there's a tendency for men to be more comfortable because there's just more of you in a room typically, right? So you can shoot the shit better or whatever, right? I've also, you know, I grew up on football. You know, Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Woo! I love me some college football. Yeah. There's nothing like a young college man running down the <laughs> field in those tight those pants. pants. Woo! And a football that just doesn't get me going. <laughs> <laughs> With a beer and some Doritos. See? There you go. And I... Yeah. I have a tendency to, that's how I break it through with yeah. guys at work. Yeah. Because I can sit there and I'll watch every college game on a Saturday. Yeah. And then on Monday I'll be like, so Michigan, what you got to say? Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> exactly. So I'm a Sparty. Okay. So, oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I had yeah. to throw it in some people's faces yesterday and today. It might have <laughs> gone through to today, <laughs> Tuesday. And it could possibly go tomorrow, Wednesday. <laughs> but the Michigan State win over Penn State was phenomenal. Yeah, that was pretty incredible. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, so, but, but the, again, it goes, and again, you can't fake that. Mm-mm. If you don't give a rip about football, don't pretend like you like football if you're a woman. Because then you just come across as fake, right? Because people see through that shit. So, again, it's, it just goes to how you connect. Honestly, I think it's really about how does every person connect individually with another whether it's you know me connecting because women can have tough times with that too right oh yeah because you can have some women haters like you know Mm -hmm. big time women haters you know what i'm saying like you know and and that that bullshit gotta stop right yeah but there that happens all the time and so you know women have to help each other and then we've got to figure out how to engage with our male counterparts as well and and uh, you know everybody's should be moving in the same you know looking at having the same goal Swimming in the same direction and just wanting to help each other is really, you know, I know that that's kind of, you're like, oh, that's like Nirvana. But that's at the end of the, like work is work is complicated enough without having to figure out all of these dynamics of correct. Who's trying to backstab who and the drama, you know, like hold you back and and yeah, just not be helpful. Like, I don't, I don't have time for not helpful. If you're not going to partner with me, then just get out of my way. Because I don't have I don't have time for it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> we did a fist bump. Yes. Okay. Darren's giving me the the signal. <laughs> the baseball signal, <laughs> which means we have to Almost wrap it up. Time. Okay. So yes, that's the woohoo. Yes. yes. That's the Darren signal over there. <laughs> for those of you who can't see the sign language, I believe we just ordered a beer in French. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. That's awesome. Well, Christina, we had so much fun. This is awesome. You need to come back. I would love to come back. Okay, Pick great. Pick a different topic. I'm happy to come back. Oh, my God. We get my girl Angie on here <laughs> and Dan and me <laughs> and you and Angie. Would, am I right, That'd be Darren? Awesome. I mean, Darren had to, like, both Darren and I were telling Angie, like, zip. <laughs> yeah she yes so god love her so um we'll have you come back love to we had so much fun you're I did as well. so fabulous oh i love you you're fabulous too Thanks. it's great it's great to um be able to share and learn from other fabulous people and just you know just life we're getting through just life 
We should hook up our seven-year-old. Oh, yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, mine's a monster. Oh, stop it. <laughs> 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 yeah. I love it. You say that. Good times. So, you. Yes. <laughs> so well, I thank you so much for coming. Thank you for the invite. And um, we're going to have you on again and chat it up cool. some more. And um, Dan, awesome. any last words? Just wanted to say thank you to Christina for speaking at Get With It 2018 here in oh, Columbus. Absolutely. Stepping up to the plate. I know it was a, it was a it big was thing for her. It was a great experience. Yeah. It's my first, my first conference. It was a good time. Speaker. She nailed it. It was cool. Nailed it. Had a lot of fun. Yeah. awesome. And I'm rocking the pink shirt. Love it. <laughs> yep. I want to see purple next time. Can I put in a request for purple? Absolutely. Call I'll my I'll put assistant. it on the calendar. Okay. <laughs> Podcast taping with purple shirt. Yeah. I just need to get an assistant and then. Like <laughs> there we go. It's your wife, I think. Right? Uh, she's got to assist all of my herd. Well, yeah, so that's I, I kind of on my own there. That is true. So, well, uh, thanks, Dan, for coming and hanging out with me. <laughs> I had to twist his arm to come on the Get With It podcast. <laughs> so, maybe you come hang out again. Look how much fun you had. I can do that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again, lady. Okay, and we'll wrap it up and have her back on. Cool. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. We will see you next time and feel free to drop us a line at getwitit.org.